So we sat down together and immediately, like the first questions we asked each other were, how old are you? Are you married? Have you ever been married? Do you have kids? Do you want kids? Like those were our first questions. Not like, where do you live? What do you do? Just like, we knew. Happy summer solstice or winter equinox, depending on where you are in the world listening to this. If you're listening to this as the episode releases, this is a special, unique episode where I share, where it's just me talking, sharing my story of how Owen and I met, my soul flame, how I called him in after performing a 40-day ritual prior to summer solstice of 2014. I recorded this episode on April 21st, 2021, and today is June 19th, 2021, and it will release on summer solstice, which is on the 21st of June. I truly hope that you enjoyed it. I've also created a special blog post to go along with that has photos of the soul flame altar I created if you're curious about how it looks. And also I try to find the, both photos that Shinoa took right as we had our first kiss and I could only find one of them. So one of them is there. It's the moment right before we kissed and the other photo that I can't find, hopefully I'll get to add it later, is of our first times our lips touched and met, met each other. I have having been having a beautiful spring. I hope that you all are as well. We've had a pair of sparrows make a home in the birdhouse right outside of our window. We had the honor of witnessing them mating in our yard several times. My son named them Ziggy and Honey, and we could tell the two birds apart and they had eggs in their nest and now they have babies and it has been truly delightful to witness them. Um, I'm also adding into my intro now of the heart of the soul. Um, I am going to speak on one point of the ways that I feel like we are all united as human beings. And today that is dance. I love reflecting on all the ways that we are similar and united as humans in this time of great polarities. And so dance is one of those aspects of our humanness that all babies, I love that all babies dance. When they hear a beat and music, they, they all get their little groove on. And it's only as we grow older that we acquire some, some of us require, acquire shyness and choose not to dance. And I have been a dancer most of my life and love dance. And that was also one of the things about Owen. The first night that we met, um, we danced together and he stood behind me and was dancing and it made me so happy because that's one thing that I always wanted in my soul flame and partner was for them to dance as well. So I hope that you all can take a moment, move your body and dance to the music with freedom. You are free, you are sovereign, and you are able to dance and move even if it's just your hand or your head, moving your body to the beat. I have also love how dance is one of those things that you don't need words or language to be able to have a beautiful dancing time with people. I have couch surfed all over the world and 
danced with people in Greece and and Mexico and other places. And I couldn't speak to these people. And yet we were smiling and laughing and moving our bodies and dancing to the music. And it's just one of those amazing, powerful ways that we can connect as human beings. And we don't even need language to be able to do it. So I hope you're having a wonderful solstice. I hope that you enjoy this episode. And um, yeah, talk to you soon. Hello. So today I am here to share one of the many magical stories of my life, but I feel like this is one that feels um, more unbelievable or unreal when I, when I speak it and tell it to people than many of my life stories. It's one of those stories that I couldn't have um, written better had I, like if I tried. Uh, this is this will be the love story and the union and joining of myself and my soul flame, Owen. So I was 31 years old and had found myself recently separated from a man who was uh, very unkind and deceitful, manipulative, lying sort of man. And I was taking some time to be on my own, was spending a lot of time by myself. I, um, although I grew up in a family that was not spiritual or religious in any way, I found my way into spiritualism and ritual and ceremony and had began my journey of exploring and remembering ceremony and creating my own little ceremonies, even just by myself in my room, in my space. I was in this beautiful um, place in Leavenworth, this above garage space. There wasn't a bathroom there. I had to go into the house for the bathroom, but I had a lovely view and lots of room. Um, so I began ceremonies and I had this amazing incident with a bat, this bat animal medicine experience when I was standing out um, in the field and this bat flew like out of nowhere um, up to me uh, about waist height, came right in front of me and then did a loop around me an entire circle around me and then it flew off. And I've never interacted with a bat like that ever again, like that, nor have I ever seen or witnessed a similar bat experience. And that felt like this ah, beginning of a rebirth. If you think about the bat and the way the bats hang upside down, head down, like we are in the womb. And so they're a symbol of rebirth and of this darkness and coming out of the darkness. And I remember after this bat experience, I was inspired to spend a night in the Leavenworth Hills by myself. And so I did. I decided to drive up this old road and I camped there by myself. Well, with my little furry dog, my tiny little dog, he came too. And um, it was then that I also began my meditating journey. At the time, I sort of searched different for different um, 
guides for meditation. And it was actually Deepak Chopra is who I came across that I chose to meditate with in the beginning. And it was a, a chakra meditation going through the chakras. And for me, that was a beautiful starting spot. And I didn't really know much about the chakras at that time. I had done a Reiki course and I, so I'd had my Reikis one and two, but, and in that um, experience is when I was really first introduced to the chakras and what they meant and their colors. And it's just been over time that I have really integrated that knowing and knowledge. And I, I also believe that the shock, chakras is just one way to, it's one person's name for these energy centers. And then I'm sure other people speak of them in different ways and different languages. And that oftentimes, um, what am I trying to say? I don't know. I'm going to move on from that. Um, so I began meditating and I was speaking a lot about wanting to call in my soul flame and reading about what a soul, what a soul flame is. And I'm a woman who has wanted to be a mother since I was a baby. And so to be at 31 years old and not even have a boyfriend, like not a boyfriend, not a husband, um, you know, no babies in sight. And so I called out to the universe and said, universe, like, what's going on? Like you, this is the most deep desire you've seated in my heart and soul from birth. And I don't have any children. And so I called out to the universe and said, you know, if this is my path, not to have babies of my own, I can walk this path and I will. Um, but if babies are a part of my, my future, please like bring them to me soon and, you know, bring me my soul flame and help me find him. And so I also called out to these spirit babies that I believed were, were out there that my babies were there. And I called to them to help them ask them to help me find their dad. And so I decided to create a 40 day ritual. I created an altar space in my room um, that I put these two Buddhas facing each other, one representing my soul flame and one rep representing myself with a candle in the middle. I'm happy to, I'll share pictures later. Um, I have pictures of the original and um, so I created this altar and I also, one of my dear friends, Jema, Jesse, she, she met her soul flame at this festival called the Conscious Culture Festival, which is no longer happening, but it was at the time. So I made a decision to be very specific and I bought my ticket. I put my ticket on the altar and said, soul flame, like meet me at this festival. I remember repeating something, not exactly this, but something like this, um, saying, no matter where you are, like, come meet me at this festival and we'll work out the details later. And every evening, which is normally when I would do it, I would light this candle and say, may, may the light be so bright of each of us and that we that we would recognize each other from the moment that we meet may it be may there be no question that we are each other's soul flames 
so that we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we are for each other. As I lit this candle and sometimes I would do dances, sometimes I would have a little ganja, um, I created ceremony out of it. And the one thing that was consistent was lighting this candle and saying this um, phrase, more or less, like I just um, said a moment ago about us recognizing each other from the moment that we met. May there be no question. May, um, may this light and flame and fire be between us. And so I did this for 40 days and packed up to go to this festival um, that's out in um, the Okanagan where there's no cell service. It's up on this beautiful, vast field and land where there's hills and mountains and everyone is um, camping in tents and some people in campers and things like that, but just this amazing space where you can see the vastness of the sky. We arrived and on, it must have, been a, must have been a Friday. And I arrived and I was meeting there with my friend Jesse and my friend Ashley and each of their partners and their children who were present at the time. And we set up camp together. And I was just walking around with an open heart and an open spirit and just feeling very hopeful that my, my soul flame would be there and then we would know each other. I remember my dear friend Ashley saying something to the effect of like, you know, don't be disappointed if he's not here, you know, like I think trying to uh, trying to make sure that I wouldn't be so sad if I he did not meet me at this place. And so, you know, every man that I came across that uh, draw my, drew my attention, I would just sort of ponder and look at them and think and smile and wonder. But none of them were, none of them were him. Uh, went to bed that first night and the next day in the middle of the day, my friends were at the campsite and their babes were sleeping. So I decided to go off to the stage on my own. It was a hot day. I was barefoot with a little skirt and a little halter top on. Um, and I went to the stage and listened to the music and danced. I love live music and I love dancing, especially with feet to the earth. So I danced and smiled and was really enjoying myself. And this little periwinkle butterfly came from the side and flew into my face and did a little loop. And then um, flew off to the left. And I remember watching it flutter off and I could see it a ways off. Like, you know, I don't, I'm really bad at frame of reference of like how far, maybe like uh, half of a basketball court or something like that. I don't know how to, yeah. So the butterfly flew over to this big speaker and like around the back of the speaker. And it was this massive speaker, big, tall, speaker and I could see that there was a pair of legs and feet sticking out from the bottom of the speaker as well as a dog and one of my first thoughts was "Ooh, like this butterfly this like animal medicine this butterfly just came and like flew over this way and I said to the universe in my mind you know is that my soul flame and so I kept my gaze over at the speaker and waited for this person that looked like a man to me to emerge based on his legs. And he did. He stepped out from behind the speaker and I just gazed at him 
and he he gazed back and he was speaking to some other people and kind of meandered and walked along to back behind me where this um where one of his friends was in the sound booth so he went back there and I turned around and was like hey like still just making eyes at him and I guess his friend next to him said hmm I think that girl in the purple skirt is totally checking me out and Owen goes actually I'm pretty sure she's checking me out so they had a little bet and then Owen got up and walked to the other side of the stage and I looked at him over there too and that's when he felt like he had to come say hi so he walked through the crowd of people he's a tall man who doesn't like to be um right in to be like in front of people in a crowd of space like that so now I recognize that this was like a big act for him oh and by the way I also wrote down a bunch of things that I was hoping for in my soul flame um in the process of creating the ritual and creating the altar and one of the things I asked for was for my man to be tall taller than me and tall I wanted a tall man. I am 5'7", so I'm not a small woman. And I really wanted to feel small and cozy with a tall man. So he walks over and he introduces himself and we embrace and um, make very small chit chat. I don't remember exactly what, but there's music going on. So you can't really talk anyway, you know, and just said, hey, how you doing? And then he turned on his heels and walked swiftly away. And I kind of shrugged it off and thought, okay, well, then I guess like he's not my man and continued dancing in the sun and enjoying myself. And eventually the music was over. And so I walked back to the campsite and checked in with my friends and their babes were still sleeping. So they were still hanging out at camp. And so I decided to go back out into the main area where they had different vendors it was a big kind of like semicircle of vendors so I sort of looked into some different booths and then something caught my eye in the booth of who I now know is Judith Brownhawk and I did another episode with her so check her out um and I stepped into that booth Little did I know, Owen was on his knees behind Judith, giving her a massage. He's a massage therapist and her shoulders and such were really hurting. So he was there giving her a massage. And I, he saw me coming from afar. I had no idea he was in this booth. And I walked in and he sort of froze and was um, nervous and scared. And Judith could feel that. He... Um, he walked out and spent some time in front of the booth. Like he walked out from behind the booth and we stood there for a few moments, just like gazing at each other. Neither of us really said anything. It was like this speaking without words. And now that I know my husband more, that's like crazy for him because he is a chatty man. He talks and talks and talks and talks. So for him to just be there in silence and looking at me was really a big deal. I didn't know it at the time. And Judith 
knew she knew and she sensed something and she took her beautiful smudge mixture of sage sweet grass lavender and cedar and sprinkled it around us in a circle of protection in those first moments that we met and then we went he went back to massaging her and invited me she was like why don't we make it a train and so he was kneeling so I could stand behind him and I massaged his shoulders a bit he recalls that I he says that I pressed my like hips into his back and that all physical barriers sort of melted away for him in that moment I don't remember doing it consciously but obviously I did so, um, and then some random guy like thought it was like, you know, thought, oh, I'll hop on too. And he came up behind me and it was all awkward and weird and he didn't stay for very long. He could feel the energy wasn't there. Um, and then we walked back into like behind her booth, the behind her booth space and uh, we're just sort of staring at each other and speaking and we... I literally sort of like sat down almost in his lap. And by the way, he's six foot nine. So the universe gave me a very tall man. I had no idea he would be a giant, but I'm so grateful for him. So we sat down together and immediately, like the first questions we asked each other were, how old are you? Are you married? Have you ever been married? Do you have kids? Do you want kids? Like those were our first questions, not like, where do you live? What do you do? Just like we knew. So we were both like not married. You know, we're, he was um, three. Oh my gosh. I'm 31 and he was 33. It depends on the time of year. He must've just turned 34. He was 34. We're almost exactly a half a year. Um, our birthdays are almost a half a year apart. He's a Taurus. I'm a Scorpio. Um, and then we had our first kiss. And right at the moment, as we were about to have our first kiss, this woman, Shanoa, walked in. And even though she's not the type who would normally do this, now that I know her, she was a stranger to me, but Owen knew her. And she took photos of us as we had our first kiss and that was really magical I didn't know about the photos until later but we had our first kiss and pretty much the rest of the weekend we were inseparable we would go back to our own places to change clothes or whatnot but other than that we were together and the next day we were sitting together and watching oh by the way we did make love the first night that we met in his tent because I know somebody's gonna ask me that um the next day we were um watching this woman as she sang and played her guitar and she sang hallelujah and it was really beautiful and Owen even started sobbing. He started crying and he just said, thank you for looking for me. He said, I'd given up hope and thank you for looking for me. And it was moments like this that just are so magical to us and to me and the experience. And he knew many people 
this festival. It was my first time at this festival, but he knew many of the people who um, attend these festivals. And so we walked around and he introduced me to many, many different people. And I brought him back to meet my friends. And it was really just, I was on cloud nine. We, um, we didn't, you know, he didn't want me to leave. We didn't want to leave each other at the end of the festival. And, um, and yet we did, and he was living in Spokane and I was living in Leavenworth at the time. And so we parted ways and a few days later, he came to visit me in Leavenworth and, um, made the drive, which is not a short drive. It's a few hours away. And then we saw each other, you know, over that over that time as much as we could. And two weeks after we met, he proposed to me for the first time. He proposed and I accepted, even though I, he, he proposed sort of like we had spoken. So even in that first two weeks, we had spoken about how I wanted my proposal to be meaningful. And so he pre-proposed in his own way, which didn't feel meaningful to me, but it was vulnerable to him. And so he proposed and I said, yes, I was like, oh my gosh. And then I was flying to um, Alabama to see my sister had just had a baby and I was going to um, spend some time with her postpartum and my new little niece. So he said that he want, he was about to go back to Spokane and he knew he couldn't leave without proposing. So he did propose. And then we had more conversation about it. And I said, you know, I really need there to be a meaningful proposal. So later he, a couple of weeks later, he did create a ceremony in which he proposed again to me. Um, we, he made a day of it where we went to the Spokane River and collected some water and went on a hike and he packed a picnic and created this, a sacred space for us. And invited in the elements. He also had a picture of us um, printed out and he, um, yeah, spoke about air, fire, earth, water, and did a proposal in that meaningful, loving way. And I said, yes, again. And then we, you know, we were already sort of planning our lives together and figuring out who was going to move where or what was going to happen. And in the end, I decided to move to Spokane and we were planning our wedding. We decided to get married at his parents' property out in Deer Park. They have a lovely piece of land. Um, I'd always sort of wanted to get married outside. always wanted to do something a little quirky. I had been reading about labyrinths and like the labor of labyrinth and just the meaning behind labyrinths. And so I brought up the idea to him, like, what if we got married in a labyrinth, like created a labyrinth and got married in the center. And if you don't know much about labyrinths, it's, it's different than a maze. So a maze has like multiple dead ends and places you can like mess up or get lost and have to turn around and go back. A labyrinth has one path in and it's the same path out. So I liked the idea of the labyrinth where each of us would walk into the labyrinth, into the center, you know, walk the labyrinth windy path and into the center um, on our own. And we would have our ceremony in the middle and then each of us would, or and then we would walk out together, sort of the symbology of that 
found like I found meaning in that and he was totally on board and he we did like one little like practice labyrinth and then we created this labyrinth on the lawn um, with branches and logs and we the people we invited to our wedding we invited them to um to bring either a note or an object or a piece of, you know, like a piece of fruit or a rock or a branch. I had someone bring me some water from the Puget Sound where I grew up, which I thought was just like so beautiful. Uh, that's salty water. And so people, as they arrived, they added to the labyrinth, to the to the vessel, to the sacred space that we had created. And everyone sat around in a circle around us. And so as each of us walked the path into the center of the labyrinth, we also walked the perimeter of the circle, which meant we got to sort of like say hey to each, each guest that was there at the wedding. We had a beautiful sort of impromptu ceremony. Um, Owen sang to me. I had, I had dreams of writing vows, but I never did. I just spoke from the heart. Um, and Owen, he had spent weeks practicing this song that he wanted to sing to me. And so it's Just Breathe by Pearl Jam. And he sang that song to me, which has become so precious to our lives and to each other. And especially from the experiences that we've had since then, you know, there's a line that says, like, I'll see you on the other side. And um, you know, our our daughter, our first daughter, and that she died. And, and we'll see her on the other side. Um, yeah, so, so we had a beautiful, intimate, small wedding. I shopped for my dress in one day when I happened to be down in Portland for a music festival, found the dress of my dreams with Ashley, my, my soul sister. And that's how we began um, our life together. We met on summer solstice, the longest day of the year, the brightest, sunniest, lightest day of the year. And we married um, right near the fall equinox of that same year. So very swift and quick. And um, I would definitely say we knew it from the beginning. Like I'm one of those people who in the past when men um, have come on really strong in the beginning I, it, and it has wound up to sort of like turn me off or freak me out and when Owen did, it was, it was not freaky. So it's pretty, it was a, quite a magical experience to have that be, have this be the story of our meeting that this, um, you know, ceremony and ritual and meeting experience with this butterfly that has become this sacred animal to me has just been really beautiful. And, our life continues to be full of magic and um, also of sadness. So, you know, just like I speak about on this podcast, you know, without the light, without like the dark, we don't know light. And so there's both. And so it's finding, I, I have found ways in my life to embrace and appreciate and draw wisdom from, from the different um, different aspects of life from the really wonderful, positive, ecstatic ones. And then also from the ones that are, have like brought me to not only my knees, but like fully to the ground and scream in the most primal, 
way that I ever have these whales. So life is beautiful. Life is hard. We have had a really dynamic relationship. We are it's that was in 2014 and it's now 2021. We have definitely had our ups and downs. Like I said, he's a Taurus and I'm a Scorpio and our half birthdays are one day away from being each other's um, birthdays. Uh, and then we're like two or three years apart, depending on like which side of which birthday we're on. But uh, one of my friends, Shanae, did an astrology reading for us in those first couple of weeks that we were together. And she spoke about us being two sides of the same coin, sort of like light and dark, you know, two sides of the same coin and that we would have to trust each other sometimes. And that when, um, you know, he said, oh, I see this thing like behind you, but you can't see it, but I can see it. Um, and vice versa, that we have to trust each other, that even though I can't turn around and see the thing that he sees the thing. And so, and same with me when I can see a thing that he can't see. And I thought that was a really beautiful way for her to describe that part of our relationship. Um, I'm much more soft than him. He's much um, more quiet. I'm working on my voice and not being as quiet, but he is, he is a strong, loud, beautiful man and has that divine masculine energy. So it's been beautiful to grow and learn together and um, find more understanding and appreciation for each other and for our experiences and for where we're coming from and getting to know each other's families and how those affect us and how our upbringing and each life experience changes who we are. And um, yeah, so that is the little story of Owen and myself and how how we met. I hope that you enjoyed that and thank you so much for sharing time and space with me today. Love, love, love. Thank you all so much for tuning in and listening to the story of how I met my soul flame, Owen and how we brought our flames together. I truly hope that you enjoyed it. Thank you for tuning in. It's always great if you wanna leave a rating or review on iTunes. If you'd like to connect with me, there'll be ways to do that in the show notes. You can connect to me on my website. If you're interested in any sistership services, please contact me there. I do a free 20 minute clarity call to see if you feel like my services are right for you. If you would like to purchase Smudge from Judith Brownhawk, I'll also include uh, her phone number is her favorite way. You can call her up and purchase it over the phone. She can take your credit card info and gets it in the mail to you quite quickly. And it's something that I always keep around my house and love having it to burn. So I, I guess that's it. Happy summer solstice and Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Be brave, be bold, be love, be you.